This is Mission Qualphone, a monthly podcast that takes you inside the workings of our company, but not just the ins and outs of business. We look at the ideas and insights that make Qualphone truly unique. As a company, we are committed to being the best and making each person's life better. Join us as we get to know and learn from people from across the organization. What's their story? What have they learned? And how do they live out Qualphone's mission? Welcome to Mission Qualphone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Mission Qualphone podcast, where we tell you what a great company we work for. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Jeremy? I'm good, Marisol, and welcome back. Marisol has been on vacation for a week. Yes, so it felt longer to you, didn't it? It did. It felt much longer. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know, what did you do? I went to the Dominican Republic. I oh. went to Punta Cana for uh, seven days. I have a cousin, her and her husband recently retired, and they they invited my, my boyfriend and I to go for a week, and it was Great and free. Good. Oh, <laughs> it's even better. Really, really. That. <laughs> That's great. No. Well, welcome no, back. Lovely. Welcome Thank back. You. But now, now, Marisol, it's time to get back to work. Okay. I know. I have to do a podcast now. <laughs> no, actually, I'm very. I'm. I'm so happy to get to do this. I'm so happy about this next podcast. I'm proud of the first couple podcasts for this season for yes. season four. Yeah, uh, they, their numbers are doing really well, and. The last three were, you know, wonderful female leaders mm-hmm. in our company, and we're about to do number four in a row, and I'm very excited. <laughs> well, awesome. Our our guest today is our uh, U.S. Chief Financial Officer. I think I think I got that right. Uh, Don Corcelia is our guest, and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation with Don. Because you got confused because she is the chief financial officer for the United States. We have chief financial officers for different countries Mm -hmm. that all roll up to our executive chief financial officer, Jim. Okay, so let's bring our U.S. chief financial officer, Don Corsilia, on. Don, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know that it's a a weird request. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to get in your, <laughs> in your inbox. But thank you for coming on. I'm so excited for you to share your story and tell us how how you ended up at Qualfin. Well, thank you for having me. And it's not a weird request. I think the podcast is great and um, gives people an opportunity to meet new people, hear their stories. So, so thanks for having me. I guess my story, um, I guess I'll start back in college. I don't know where people start normally, but so I went to Michigan State University, um, got my accounting bachelor's there, have my finance master's from Walsh College, which is a local school here in Michigan. And I went the CPA route. You know, there's lots of different routes you can go when you get an accounting or finance degree. So I did an internship during my undergrad. I'm dating myself, but I did it at Coopers and Librand, who have since, you know, merged yeah. with Pricewaterhouse. So what, after I graduated from Michigan State, I started at, at CNL. And then a couple of years later was actually when that merger happened with PW, when they became PWC, which we, we know and love them as now. They're actually mm-hmm. our auditors. So mm-hmm. I was there, gosh, five, six years, left as a manager. And there was a big kind of mass exodus of people 
from public accounting moving to the big three automotive companies here, mainly Chrysler, which is where I landed. They were starting an international accounting department and brought over, you know, 15, 20 people from public accounting. So went to that team, spent 10 years at Chrysler, you know, various positions, five or six different departments from accounting, international accounting, moved to the finance side, sales and marketing finance, um, and then ended my career there. The minivan platform finance team, which, you know, if anyone knows anything about Chrysler or FCA now, the minivan is kind of their flagship vehicle. So it was it was a great way to end my career there. I actually took a buyout. They were offering buyouts. So I, I took that. Um, I moved to, I consulted for a while. I wanted to figure out what I was doing. Moved to a background check company where I was the CFO there for five, six years. And then, um, and then came to Qualphone in 2017. So it's been six years since I've been here. Oh, wow. And did you come straight into Qualphone or were you part of one of the acquisitions? So I came in in March of 2017 as a DD employee and then you know, obviously the acquisition um, happened in December of 2017. So you were quickly right, after that. Yeah, right there at the yeah. due diligence. Oh, what a great time to come <laughs> and join. Yeah. So I always ask this question, what was, when you first heard about the mission and, you know, Alfonso Gonzalez and his, his dream, coming from a finance background, you know, in here in the U.S., where, I'm, I'm making an assumption it's, you know, we don't hear things like that very often. Um, what was your like first reaction? Is it something that you had to eventually see for yourself, grow into? Like, I'm always curious about that. No, for sure. It is, it's a different concept. It's an amazing concept. And it did probably take, I would say probably a year before I really fully understood just how deep it goes and how personal it is to to Alfonso Gonzalez, the family. You know, lots of companies have development programs or training programs or mentorship programs. You know, I think coming from public accounting, they do that very well. I will I will say that. So I think I had a good experience in some of my prior lives with mentorship and personal support from the company that you work for. But, you know, as we all know, after we're here a while, the mission goes way deeper. It really, really makes people's lives better and really give them the tools to flourish here. Or if they, unfortunately, if they move on to somewhere else, they're going to flourish there. So I would say it probably took me a year to really understand the depth of it and, and start to see like concrete examples, right? Maybe being in finance and accounting, I'm such a practical person and and want to see mm-hmm. concrete examples of people walking the talk. But yeah, we've got so, you know, Roshat is, is a great example. And there's so many people on my team and my peers that have gotten a master's degree. And that's a huge deal in yeah. life. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I would say it took me about a year. I just must be more cynical. <laughs> Don, I I always want to ask this question. You know, you you had spent a lot of time at Chrysler. You know, you've worked in different industries. So when you come into a company like a Dialogue Direct, now Qualphone, 
you know, in the BPO space. How much does that change what you're doing? I mean, you're a, you're a finance accounting person. Is it pretty much the same regardless of the industry or does it change a bunch, you know, when you move from like the automotive industry into what you're doing now? So I would say that, you know, it's kind of a 70, 30, it's probably 70, 80% the same, Mm -hmm. but you always have to have that, you know, you got to be kind of agile to learn the new industry that you're in, right? Because everything bubbles up and ends at accounting. I really Mm -hmm. feel that way, right? That's the final product of all of the activity that has happened in the past month or the past year, it comes out in the financial statements and the audit report from a financial perspective, I should say. But in order to understand the numbers, we need to understand the business. So you really need to make a concerted effort to understand the operations of the business, all the functional areas, right? Sales, ops, IT, the person office, because at some point, there's always a financial component to what they're doing. And you need to know how to report on that when, you know, when we close the books each month. Mm. And we also, you know, accounting is a support team, right? We're we're not operations. We're not sales. We are a support function. And I don't mean that negatively. It's it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand the business. So when we pull reports and pull numbers and pull data, we can analyze the data put it into a managementized quote unquote report and provide it to upper management, the E-team in a way that they can use the information, right? They just don't want a bunch of numbers that they don't know what it means and how do they make a decision based off that. You need to be able to compile the numbers in a way that they can use the information to make good sound business decisions. But, you know, there is some insulation I would use in the word in accounting and finance because I feel like you can get a job anywhere. Mm. You know, when when I was taking the buyout from Chrysler, there were people in, you know, say you're a brake engineer or you're a powertrain engineer. They're like, man, I can't leave. I I won't be able to find another job, right? There was a lot of that going on, but there was a mass exodus from the accounting and finance side Because we were like, hey, look, I know this may sound crass, but you're going to give us a pile of money and a car. And yeah, we can go find a job somewhere else. You know, they needed to downsize. Mm -hmm. And and you Mm -hmm. can kind of find a job anywhere. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's why I say it's it's pretty mobile. You know, it's a mobile profession. So I don't want to be making assumptions, right? But whenever I'm talking to someone who's in finance or in accounting, my experience with those people, with those, with you people, you know, is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is hey, you very insulted compliance yeah. on this podcast. Can I've, you not insult yeah, I've, finance? I've please? already insulted our compliance people. Uh, my, my, well, what I'm going to say is the assumption, this is based on experience, is people in finance and accounting are very organized, right? They're very logical, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which makes total sense based on their role. My, my question is, and, and it might seem like a very obvious question or, or a, maybe that's not the right word, but let's say I'm an, I'm an agent, right? Or I'm a supervisor here at Qualphone. Help me understand the importance 
of the finance accounting function. I mean, I think we all have a, uh, an overall, uh, idea of why it's important, but help me if I, if I were a brand new agent, right? Of course, I, I come, I completely understand all this, right? But if I were a brand new agent, why is, is what we do in the finance and accounting role so important to the health of our company? And can, and can I just say, I still look up EBIT. Like, yeah. <laughs> still <laughs> look it up. Yeah. Lots of acronyms that, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. So, so I would say this, and I, I explain accounting and finance two different ways. So accounting is you are looking at things that have happened in the past, right? It's a historical view. The past may mean a month ago. It doesn't have to mean 10 years ago. And you are reporting what has happened from a financial perspective. Finance is forward-looking. So so for people who always say, what's the difference between accounting and finance, right? Accounting is you're looking at something that's happened in the past and accounting for it properly in the books and in the ledger. So people can use that information to make decisions going forward. And then finance, you are trying to predict what's going to happen in the future, put a plan together based on trends from the past, like a budget, to say, here's what we're going to do next year, or here's what we're going to do next month on the flash. So finance is forward-looking, accounting is historical-looking. And the reason I think they're very important is someone has to tell the story, right? Someone has to be the messenger of what has happened in the past and where we're going in the future. Because if, if you don't have that messenger or storyteller, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of flying blind. You don't know how to make decisions to make the company better, or, you know, we need to avoid this, or we need to go in this direction. We also want to be viable because we're providing jobs for people, right? We provided a job for that agent. And if we're not viable and if we're not going to continue to make money to support giving people jobs, then everyone suffers. So I feel like being that messenger of valuable information is our is our most important role. So one of the things in, in my personal finances I've been taught is, you know, you can see what's important to you and how you spend money. And I get to see some of the way we spend our money as a company. And I I feel like I'm constantly telling people, this is legit. They put their money in what they're saying. It's not a marketing ploy. It's not a sales pitch. It's, it's, they truly fundamentally believe in changing the lives of as many people as possible. Absolutely. And I mean, you see that, right? So I was going to ask for a validation. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, we, we should all, even, you know, every agent, every person in this company should treat the spend of any dollar like it's their own, right? We kind of live and breathe that and it's second nature to us in accounting or finance or an ET member's role, but it's really or if you've worked for responsibility. Mike- yeah. I was going to say, if you worked for Mike Morrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the sales tagline is everyone's in sales. And that's true. I truly believe that. And from a finance and accounting perspective, it's everyone's dollar to spend like their own. So even if you're not the one 
spending millions of dollars on computer equipment or, you know, whatever wrecks we put in our, our procurement systems, someone is still spending money at some point. And we need to think of all those dollars as our own dollars. And does it make sense to spend it? What's, you know, what's the return that we're getting? Um, is it a good investment? Sometimes it's not always that high level. You know, sometimes you're just like, oh, I need to spend this just to kind of get over this hump and get to the next level. You may not want to always spend it, but, you know, things aren't always black and white. But we should always yeah. treat them, yes, like like it's our own money. Okay, so Don, we, we've talked about the this, we're a privately held company. You've worked for publicly traded companies. I, for me, you know, I think the that it's privately owned and who the family is and how they have this mission and and this commitment to improving the lives of their employees and anyone and our customers and our clients' customers and everyone we come into contact with. I'm wondering, do you have a story of coming to work for a privately held company, meeting the family and your your thoughts? So yes, I've worked right for for publicly traded companies, and I've worked for a couple privately owned, but but very different. So yeah, so when I, well, I guess it was in December of seventeen when the acquisition was taking place, and I went to lunch with Alfonso Jr. Um, I think Marco Villarreal was there, and myself. So we, you know, they're in town. For the acquisitions of due diligence, we go to lunch and, you know, we're chatting. It's it's going fine. I can pretty much get along with anybody. And and Alfonso Jr. just kind of out of the blue says, oh, you know, where do you live? And he's, we're asking some personal questions. So I tell him, he says, oh, you know, do you ever ski at Pine Knob? I live in Clarkston, which is a subdivision of, of Detroit and Highland Park, if you will. He says, oh, do you ever ski at Pine Knob? And I just was like, what? Like how, you know, you, you live in Mexico, you're from Mexico. How do you know about this little ski hill in Clarkston, Michigan? So he kind of laughs and he says, yeah, I kind of get everybody with that joke. And, and he explains that himself and Juan Pablo and now Francisco, their youngest son, they all go or went to Everest Academy. So it is a, a private college preparatory academy here in Clarkston it's like a stone's throw from my house. Many of my friends' kids go there. Yeah, it was just crazy that this kind of, you know, small world. Synchronicity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, we all went there. And so my daughter who played volleyball, she actually would play volleyball at Everest occasionally. So I put my little sleuth hat on one day during a volleyball match and I roamed the halls and and found a picture of Alfonso Jr. on the wall. He played soccer, I think. And so, of course, you know, I take a picture of it and I send it to him. And he's like, oh, my God, where are you? Like, how did you get that picture? And, you know, I'm like, well, I'm, I took some liberties and roamed the hall at Everest. And, yeah, so just, um, you know, a nice, <laughs> it was such a great, great like, icebreaker. And, and he and I, we, we talk and he's, he's so personable and so nice. But things like that just kind of mm-hmm. bring people closer and, and make it just a little more homey and, and friendly. Um, so, yeah, it was it was funny. I have a tough question. Oh, no. So, okay. I know it. it's, it's going to be a hard one. So, you know, Marisol and I have talked about this quite a bit. We have parts of our job that we really genuinely enjoy doing. The podcast is one, right? For me in my role – 
I used to love to uh, facilitate training, you know, in a classroom, right? Those are the mm-hmm. things that, that I, I love to do and everything else I could just kind of tolerate, right? <laughs> because, <laughs> because frequently enough, I got to do the things that I really genuinely love to do. So my question for you, when you think about your job and, and what you do from day to day, what are the parts of your job that that you really, truly enjoy doing, that you look forward to doing, that make you feel the most fulfilled in your job? And, and Jeremy, honestly, it's not a hard question. I like, I know right away what I'm going to say. So awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I like you, I think I love to teach and mentor and provide growth opportunities for my team. Mm. So, so back when I was at Michigan state, I was a TA or like a student teacher for our accounting 201 class. Loved that. I like was an adjunct professor for a little bit and I feel like teaching and mentoring that is how people want to stay working here right if you're providing them with opportunities if you're training them providing them I don't know educational opportunities or even just moving them into new roles so they learn new things I, I feel that is one of the most important aspects of keeping employees happy and they want to work for the company. You know, they're not going to seek out those things at a different company. So yes, while my job is, is very practical and numbers driven and data, I, I love the teaching aspect and, and I will, I will give kind of a funny example. You know, Jim Gilman had all of his direct reports do, I forget what the name of it was kind of to figure out what type of leader we are. Mm-hmm. And and he, he right away, he was like, oh, I knew Dawn's strengths were going to be the training and the mentoring and teaching and things like that. He's like, that's just kind of what drives you and what motivates you. So yeah, that's that's my favorite part of, of my job. That's awesome. And I think it's, uh, you know, when we look at at great teams in general, uh, to Jim's point, I think that's what makes great teams, right? Is, is we all, yeah. we all have different strengths and abilities and talents. And, and if we're able to leverage those, you know, maybe someone on the team's really good at this. Someone else on the team is, yeah. is good at this other skill. And that's what makes us great teams and what makes it more interesting to be part of a team. If we were all the same, how fun would that be? That wouldn't be any fun, right? <laughs> No, no. And, you know, we all have to know the technical part of our jobs and, and we do at a high level, but I think it's those soft skills, if you will, mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of keep, keep the, um, the team engine going, if you will. Jim once described me as a cog. A cog? Yeah, I, I would I would concur. I would agree with that. I, was, I remember, yeah, I we were on this call and he described me as a you know cog and I remember was like I don't think I've ever been and he's like are you offended I was like I don't think I am I just it's the first time I've been described as a cog so. yeah yeah it's um yeah we, we're all cogs in a wheel we keep it going <laughs> yeah we all do we all support we support like you said, we support sales, we support finance. I think the synergy between um, all the departments in the company really falls behind 
this idea of, of the greater good and the mission and doing Absolutely. the best. Yeah, I, 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 I truly feel that it, within this company. When the leadership talks about these things, again, I'll say they really, truly believe it. It, it comes from their heart. So it's, yeah, it's, a great, it's a great place to work. So, Don, uh, one of the questions we ask is, you know, we hope that our agents listen to some of the episodes. And I am not a finance person. I, mm-hmm. I could do a whole podcast on how I'm not a finance person. <laughs> but I've, and actually Mike Morrow taught me this, has taught me to, you know, find the people that are really good at their skill set and, and lean on them and trust on them. But I wanted to ask you, to someone who maybe has no idea, maybe they were good at math in school, but never thought about accounting, never thought about finance, never thought they're on the phones, they're not really sure about their future. What would you try to say? How do you sell finance? How do you plant a seed that maybe this is a department that someone might want to look into or think about for their future? So so it's interesting that you asked because I had I speak at our kids' school. 10th, 11th, 12th graders about, you know, you go in for career day and you talk about your careers and accounting isn't something that's, I call it very tangible. Like my husband's a structural engineer. He can go in and have people build a building as a little model. And it's, it's fun to touch and look at. Accounting isn't really like that, but how I describe it is I say to people, you will learn more about a company, more about a profession, in industry, when you go into accounting and finance, then I think any other role, because you need to know the business in order to know how to account for it, to forecast for it, to report the numbers. So you need to learn what is the operations team doing. You need to walk the floor of a manufacturing facility, or you need to walk the floor of a call center. Um, you need to sit with a salesperson and understand how they sell it. You need to sit with an IT person and understand the inner workings of how our systems work. So it all kind of comes to a culmination in in the financial statements, you know, to be quite honest, because yes, it's it's numbers at the end of the day, but what's behind those numbers? And for you to make sure that you understand that the numbers are correct, you need to know what built them, what created the number. And that means understanding how the business is run. So you're not going to know 100% of every department, but you're going to know just enough to be dangerous about every department in the company. And I I will say the other thing I kind of talked about earlier is the portability of accounting and finance and as a profession, right? You can go anywhere as an accounting and finance person because everybody needs Somebody, you know, I'll say it to count the beans, right? It's kind of a joke that everyone says, but <laughs> but it's the truth. Everybody's everybody needs somebody to count the beans at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. it's I don't want to say safe, but I just feel like you will always have a job somewhere in mm-hmm. any in any industry. And the other thing, I'll put a little, uh, I guess, uh, kind of calling out public accounting because it's the route I went, but that path provides you with so much breadth. You you learn very fast. You learn so many different industries and businesses because you're going to different clients and auditing them. And 
you work with such amazing people in public accounting and, and you're working with managers and partners, you're sitting in a room with these people and you're just hearing them talk and you're picking up on that. You know, you're not in a vacuum where it's just you in a cube, but you're usually in a big room with all levels of an audit team, you know, new people, managers, partners, and the client. So you're hearing them talk and that's how you learn things, right? Is by, is by just hearing and listening. So, so that's, those are the, the things that I would offer someone um, thinking about their future. That's great. That's yeah. great. For our listeners, if you are interested, you can join our Mentors by Choice program and learn more about finance and what it takes because I think Don did a great job of selling it and I wish I could go back and 30 years and redo yeah. my career. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. And yeah, and definitely the, the mentorship program is, is great here. Um, and I, I, I am in the program. I, I do mentor and I'm a mentee. So I, I get it from both sides. So it's, it's a great program. It is. It is. Well, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate it. And you're, you know, a great role model for many of us at the company. And I can't wait for people to learn more about you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Well, that was great. She, she's great. She just has such a positive attitude and is, is just a lovely chief financial officer. <laughs> well, you know, she is, but every time, and it's not just finance people, but it's, it's any time that we, have a guest that does something completely different than what I do. I have a real appreciation and we kind of mentioned it in the conversation, you know, great teams require people with different skill sets and, you know, whether it's someone in finance or someone that's in operations or whatever the part of the organization they're in, I always appreciate that there are people in the company that are really good doing those roles that I'm not good at. And, and, and Dawn's definitely an example of that, helping us to keep our financial house in order. And, and thank goodness we have a great team that does that. Absolutely. I think it's great. And I, I hope that there's some agents or any employees who, you know, maybe they're not working their total vocation and maybe they listen to this podcast and say, hey, I might be interested in finance. I'm good with numbers and it sounds interesting. And And if they are, they will definitely find the support here at Qualphone to figure it out. Absolutely. Because what do we do? What do we do here, Jeremy? We, <laughs> we strive to be the best and make each person's life better. Oh, I like how you added that word strive. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I'm more bold. We are the best. We are the best. <laughs> and we make each make person's, each life, person's better. life better. Well, thank you for listening. As always, if you'd like to learn more about our company, you can check us out at our website. That is Q-U-A-L-F-O-N.com. And you can check out any of our episodes. They are on all major platforms. Thank you. And also, I should add, Jeremy, we have a new function, or I should say Spotify has a new function where you can interact with us. I've been asking in the last few podcasts, if you listen through Spotify, you're able to communicate with Jeremy and I and send us notes about the episode, or you can answer questions that we um, we might ask. So I've been asking if they have been employees of the company listening and I've gotten a few responses. So that's awesome. You know, what would be great is maybe on future episodes, we can share some of the, uh, 
comments we get on that. That might be fun too. Oh, that would be fun too. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, next time, Jeremy, have a great week. You too. We'll see you, Marisol. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mission Qualphone. Remember, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Mission Qualphone.